Well, let the church say a great big amen. On Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're so glad that you are tuned in watching today online. And uh, we're getting very, very excited about next Sunday, June the 7th, will be our first Sunday back as we reopen the Midland Valley Community Campus and uh, we invite you back. Now, it's a phased-in process, and uh, Pastor Mike McAdory and I will probably be sending out a video the next couple of days sharing some of the details. We're not going to be able to cover everything, but please just have patience with us and uh, work with us, and uh, we're just excited about what's going to be happening. But just uh, keep this in mind, next Sunday... We will be having two live worship services, 9 o'clock and 1040, here in the sanctuary. And again, we'll be doing the social distancing, so our capacity is going to be cut in half at least as far as our seating is concerned. We will use the gym for overflow, and there'll be three big screens up in there where you can still have the feel of community and uh, take part in the service. So it's going to be exciting. Unfortunately, uh, during the month of June, no child care uh, in these live services, no kids' way. But uh, Pastor Penny is going to be live in person in our worship services. And right here in uh, this worship setting, we'll be doing a short Kids Way segment, so it's going to be great. You pray for us this week, and uh, come back and join us next Sunday, and uh, we just can't wait to see your smiling faces. It's going to be incredible. Well, today we are finishing up our sermon series entitled Holy Living, and uh, it's been a interesting study. It's been a fascinating study to me because the Holy Spirit is literally in control of this gospel message from cover to cover in the Bible. You be holy because the Lord your God is holy. That's, that's what we hear throughout. But just, just listen to the first chapter of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 says this, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Listen to this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. From the very beginning, the Holy Spirit is, is working. Now, just listen to this. Last chapter of the Bible. Revelation chapter 22. Behold, I am coming soon. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Now, in between the beginning and the end, as far as this earth is concerned, there's an incredible story of what the Spirit is up to, and that's what we're going to look at in just a few moments. But let me review quickly where we've been these last few Sundays we started the first Sunday of May talking uh, about perfect love. John Wesley's favorite expression when it came to the holy living message was perfect love. Now we talked about the fact that love is the essence of God. 
He is holy and He is love. And He wants to give us His character. And it's already been stated in this service this morning, if we've ever lived in a day and time where we need the love of God, it's in these trying times in which we're living. Perfect love, not perfect performance. We have a relationship with Almighty God. He saves us. He sanctifies us. The second message of the series, we gave that illustration from Deuteronomy of the Old Testament love slave that was serving his master, and even though he was free to go, he chose to stay and said, there's no place I'd rather be than in the family of my master. There's, there's no one I'd rather serve than my master. And, and there literally came a definite experience where his ear was pierced and an ornament was attached that identified him as a love slave of his master. Church of the Nazarene, we believe in a second definite experience of grace. After we've been saved, we too can choose to sign up for life and surrender everything to God and be marked, be sanctified, set apart. And much more than a piece of jewelry, our life becomes the sacrifice of praise. Our life becomes the ornament that testifies to a world that we have chosen to serve Jesus serve our master all the days of our lives. We then went into a quick review of New Testament language, Romans chapter 12. And the message there was after we're saved, after we're sanctified, every day we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Something we do every day. I surrender my mind. I surrender my body, everything I am, to His will, His way. And His Spirit enables us to live this holy life. Last Sunday, Pastor Mike O'Hare knocked it out of the park, gave us a very practical message in regard to holy living in everyday family living. And, and I love the practical aspect of his teaching last week and even how it affects our children, our grandchildren. And I love what Mike said last Sunday. God didn't call us to be happy. He called us to be holy. And again, this language is all through Scripture. You be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Today it's going to culminate with a message about the church. Pentecost Sunday is literally the birthing of the church. I've titled the message today, Happy Birthday Church. The scripture is going to come out of Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 22 down through 33. It may seem a little odd, the language, but it's an illustration that is leading us to a picture of the relationship between Christ and His church. We are the body of Christ, and what we're going to learn today, we are the bride of Christ. And this is going to be exciting. Ephesians chapter 5, let's start at verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, of which he is the Savior, now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word, and to present her to Himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are the members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we unpack this word today, I pray that you would show our people today that are tuning in the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. The gates of hell cannot prevail against your church. Your church, Lord, will survive this pandemic. Your church will survive the racial tension that's going on in our country this very day. Show us today how we are the members of your body. And, and how we are the bride, literally, of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray that we will take the message to heart, that we will understand without the Holy Spirit, we could not present ourselves at the altar. We're going to see at the end of the message today, there's going to be a wedding. We're headed towards a marriage supper, the Bible says. There's going to be a great celebration. But, Lord, we have to present ourselves as holy unto the Lord. So, Lord, I pray that we will get the Word today. Holy Spirit, be the teacher. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. In your notes, if you have them, let's fill in a couple of blanks in the introduction. Historically, in the Old Testament, Pentecost was celebrated 50 days after the Jewish Passover. Now, you've got to understand, it was something that happened every year. Same time, it was a feast, actually, that commemorated the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, and it was a celebration for the first fruits of harvest. And again, it was something that happened every year, same time, but when you come to the New Testament, Pentecost takes on a whole new meaning for you and I as Christ followers. In the New Testament, Pentecost is the beginning of the church. And it's recorded in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, remember that was just something that happened every year, same time, but now this is 50 days after. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior, was crucified. Now we have this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that had been prophesied in the Old Testament. 
And now it's literally taking place on the early followers of Christ, some 120 of them gathered in an upper chamber in Jerusalem. And the world has never been the same since. The birthing of the church. So I want to talk to you about that, and I'm going to show you how we plug into it as individuals, as members of the body. And again, it's all pointing towards we are the bride of Jesus Christ. So number one, in your notes, write this down. The marvelous character of the church. The marvelous character of the church. You you heard it in the Scripture reading. Let me just give you a few phrases out of Ephesians 5, and uh, let's pick it up at verse 25, 26, 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her, listen to this, holy, cleansing her. This is what the Holy Spirit does for us cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word to present her to Himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. That's the marvelous character of the church. Letter A, write down this word. The church is a select body. The church is a select body. What am I saying? God chose us. Oh yes, we choose Him when we give our lives to Him in a conversion experience, a salvation experience, but the Scripture says even before the foundation of this earth, God chose you. God chose me to be part of this body that will ultimately become His bride. I mean, this is special. And this is something that cannot be tainted. This is something that cannot be dirtied. This is the marvelous character of the church. We are to be a select body. Letter B, we are a separated body. Now understand, that doesn't mean that we become holier than that. We are a separated body in that we are not like the old and the ugly, the evil of fleshly man. But we are literally different by design. This was God's plan to call us out from the old and the ugly and the fleshly and give us a heart of love. Remember, His character. I'll give you my essence That perfect love, not perfect performance, but a perfect motive that says, I have chosen to follow Jesus, to be the Old Testament love slave of my Master Jesus Christ, to serve Him, to to be identified with Him. That is a select body, a separated body. And then let her see, we are a sanctified body filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've told you throughout this series, don't let the terminology of this holy living message confuse you. 
Just say to Jesus Christ today, I want everything you have for me. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. What happened in the books of Act, book of Acts uh, 2,000 years ago? Lord, I want that experience today. And that's the beauty of Pentecost Sunday. You can have a present-day Pentecost experience and allow Him to fill you to the point of overflowing with His Holy Spirit, a select body, a separated body, a sanctified body. The second point in your outline Write this down, the essential conditions of the church. Now, we've talked about the marvelous character of the church, but now let's just note quickly the essential conditions of the church. And pick up the Scripture again with me at verse 28, 29, verse 30. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Now, I could probably stop there and work with that for a while. Most guys won't admit it, but they're pretty proud of themselves. And they're not going to hate their body. They're, even when they look bad, they're going to try to present themselves in a way that in their mind they look good. And, and they're going to they're, they're, they're do for themselves what they want. Uh, they're going to give themselves the creature comforts, and they're going to take care of their individual body. Well, the Scripture says, understand, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it. Now, again, all of that is relating to this, just as Christ does the church. He takes care of us. He provides for us. Verse 30, for we are the members of his body. Well, if you interpret Scripture with Scripture, there are essentially two characteristics, two essential conditions that are placed on the church. Now, we're talking church as a whole, but we make up the church. Members of this body, we are headed towards a wedding, a marriage. We're literally going to be the bride of Jesus Christ. But the characteristics that I want to point out that are essential, letter A, unity. Write that down. And then letter B, cooperation. Write that down. Unity and cooperation. And you can literally put them together, and there's a word throughout the New Testament that illustrates it, one accord. The church is to be in one accord that is unified and cooperating. Different body parts, but all working for the good of the whole. The hand, the foot, the ear, the eye, all different, but working together in unity and cooperating. Now, I am so thrilled at Midland Valley Community. We just have an incredible congregation, and that love of Christ permeates this place. And I don't see a lot of conflict. I don't see a lot of fussing and fighting. Unfortunately, there are a lot of churches that deal with that. 
But that is out of the will of God. We are to always be unified even when we have differences. I'm so glad in the body of Christ there's room for latitude. Everybody doesn't have to look alike. Everybody doesn't have to think alike. Somebody ought to say amen right at home on that one. In fact, maybe look at someone in your house and say, Thank God I don't look like you. And I don't have to look like you. Now, unfortunately, back in the day, in the holiness movement, there was some preaching along this line that focused on external things and said, if you're going to be holy, you have to cut your hair this way or you have to wear clothes like this. Can I tell you something? This message of unity is not uniformity. I love the fact that the essential condition placed on the church is not uniformity. Everybody has the same experience, outlook, No, it's unity, even in the midst of diversity. I'm glad that we have a holiness message, a message of perfect love that our world desperately needs right now. There's room for us to to hold hands with one another, even those that we, we, we may not look like and we may not have the same kind of framework in our thinking that they have. We join hands. There's only one race, the human race. Red, yellow, black, and white, all are precious in Jesus' sight. And this message of holiness... This message of holy living, it really does come down to every day in a practical way, presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, living this out in unity and in cooperation with those around us. Now let me give you a third point to this message this morning. We've talked about the marvelous character of the church, a select, separated, sanctified body. We've talked about the essential conditions of the church, unity and cooperation. Again, the biblical phrase is one accord. The third aspect of this message, this gets exciting, the glorious consequences of the church. The glorious consequences of the church. Now, this is one that we're in the midst of it, but it's going to get better the further we go. Pick up the Scripture there at verse 31. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And then Paul says this is a profound mystery as he talks about the wedding covenant and the marriage relationship that we're all familiar with. But then he's going to say that next phrase, but I am talking about Christ and the church. So I want to end today with just a simple illustration, and it's going to be there in your Fill in the blanks. Letter A, write down the word relationship. When we get saved, we enter into a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here's the analogy, and you know analogies. They always run out in the end, so it's just for illustration. 
But I think this is one that is simple and it's easy for us to get. When you get saved, you literally enter into the dating relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and man, you, you remember when you were dating uh, your sweetheart maybe in the past or as you think back to when uh, you and maybe your spouse now first got together, I mean, it was on fire. The love relationship. And you can understand that that's what happens when we get saved. In fact, the Bible uses terminology, calls it our first love. We've entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. But now let her be, write down engagement. We know what it's like in an earthly sense to move from a dating relationship into an engagement. I mean, this is something that is, I mean, we're headed towards that wedding. This, this, this is serious. Yeah, there's a love relationship. Can I propose to you? What I've been preaching this month, this holy living message, we can so surrender our lives to Christ that we are engaged. Now, we, we pretty much give the engagement ring. We talked about the love slave, his ear being pierced with a piece of jewelry. Let me tell you something. When we pledge our all to Christ, our life, much more than a ring, much more than a piece of jewelry. Our life becomes the tangible ornament of that engagement. And we're going to live out in faithfulness our love, our, our surrender to our Master in a way that everybody sees. Oh, they belong to Him. They belong to Him, just as an, uh, uh, an engagement ring or an earring would identify somebody, our lives. Now listen, I'm talking about separated, select, sanctified, not holier than thou, but set apart for His glory. We live lives without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. We, 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 we are headed towards a wedding. In fact, just fill in the next blank. A is relationship. B is engagement. C is marriage. Now, we understand that in the earthly sense, but I'm talking about, as Paul says, this is the church. We are the bride of Christ, and all of us make up this body, the various members, different and yet all working towards the same, in unity, cooperating. But we're headed somewhere, church. There's a wedding day coming. In fact, let me just read you a verse or two of Scripture out of Revelation chapter 19. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Now here in the Scripture, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb. We are referred to as the bride. Here comes the bride. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given for her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. 
without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, holy, living. Now picture in your mind the wedding ceremony. I've conducted hundreds of wedding ceremonies down through the years, and one of my favorite things to do is the door opens in the back, and the Music begins to play. Here comes the bride. Most everybody turns to look at that beautiful bride. But way on back, one of my favorite things to do, I started doing, I would look at the groom's face. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I even heard Mike, you say, you got a good look at Chad when uh, Abby started down the aisle just a couple of weeks ago. And there is something in that facial expression when the groom... Now remember, Jesus is the bridegroom. But when the groom sees his bride adorned in white, fine linen... Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Let's live our lives individually, church, so that collectively, when the wedding day comes, we present ourselves in such a way that puts a sparkle in the eyes of Christ Himself. I'll date myself with this one, but this goes way back. It was a favorite wedding song, Debbie Boone, You Light Up My Life. Can we live our lives, church, in these turbulent times? Can we live our lives in such a way filled with the Holy Spirit that one day we're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Now listen, in the meantime, our life has to be a winning witness to this fallen world. And our prayer today is that we would be the kind of people that will model that perfect love of God Himself. Heavenly Father, I want you to take this word home to our hearts. At times, this subject of holy living can overwhelm us because there's a tendency for fallen man to say, well, I can't live like that. I can't be as God. But Lord, let us be reminded here this morning, you provided the means for this to be possible. You said you be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. You didn't demand that and then not give us the ability to live this. And as we have taught and as we know, it's not in our performance, but it's in our surrendering to your finished work on Calvary. And then we live, thanks be to God, in the reality of a present-day Pentecost experience, different by design, sanctified, set apart to influence a world. And Lord, I pray that in the days to come, we will be the church triumphant. We will express and live out the love of God to those all around us. Heal our land. Heal our nation, we pray. May the Spirit of God lead, guide, and direct us. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Now just accept our praise, Lord, as we give back to you. 
our, our love, our adoration, our worship. Do what only you can do With one word the mountains move 